Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Father, we ask you to just be here, deeply be here. You're already here and you've already been here, but I just pray right now. I want to pray for you. Keep your eyes closed for a moment and just be present right now and let the Spirit of God, the alive, living, move in this room, even more so move amongst the bodies, because that's the home of the Holy Spirit. It's the bodies. It's the people. So we just ask your Spirit, God, to bring truth to the surface We ask your spirit to reveal the things that we've believed or seen that are harming us. And we ask that we would see this whole thing, life, everything, through the lens of Jesus today. Highlight to us what you want us to take home. Soften our hearts right now. In Jesus' name. I want to start with a quick question. Um, Actually, Alexis, who's newer, I'm not even going to point her out um, who she is specifically because she'll probably freak out. But she asked a great question. She said, out of all four of these things, which one do you, f- you feel like is your most? And so what we're in right now is our vision series. And it's just, these are the four things Sarah and I prayed about and really believe a church should look like. We couldn't find it really anywhere, so we felt like we were supposed to start it. And these are the four things. Sarah asked, did you get these from somebody? No, these are just through prayer. And dear God, if we had a dream case scenario, what would the church look like? These are the four things. Um, we've already done living in love awesome. You guys know what that is. It's this idea of community together, living together, loving one another more than Sundays. We're stepping into word, worship, and prayer. That's just pretty simple. If you're a Christian, you should, you probably already know those are huge things. We're doing that for the next three weeks. We're actually integrating a face down in there for one of the services, and we're going to launch the prayer room um, and, and have kind of a prayer day. Another one is disciple making disciples, which I really feel like is, it should be how you judge success of a church. Not how large a church is or how small a church is. Our disciples being made, right? God said, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, go make gatherings of all nations. He said, go make disciples. That's, that's really where the proof in the pudding is. And then lastly, community transformation. 
is the one where we envision Smyrna changing and we have action to it. So we're out there doing it. So I just want to do a quick, a quick kind of just test. I want you to look around for a minute and I want you to think, which one of these is, am I mostly? So I think all of us have one that we're like, that feels so like me. I just want to know in our church which one like trumps the others. Does that make sense? So here's what you can't do. You can't not pick one, all right? You can't not pick one and you can't pick two. Just one, okay? So we'll start with what we did first. If you feel like the heart behind living in love is mostly like your heart jumps at that the most, that's you, that's you're a people living in love person, raise your hand. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. That's good. Bueno. All right. Secondly, word, worship, and prayer. If that's you. (laughs) Nice. A little split. That's good. Third one, disciple-making disciples, if that's you. Lastly, community transformation, if that's you. So even. Now, which one do you hate? Let's go around. (laughs) That's crazy. I was really thinking that it would be like there'd be this one that's like, that means that people are, yeah, that's, we need all of you. Um... That's awesome. So today, um, I just did that. In a few weeks, we're going to develop that thought a little more in prayer time. But right now, we're just going to jump into words. So just a quick recap. We went over living in love. Um, we talked about it for three weeks. We're starting word, worship, and prayer. And today specifically, we're going to focus on the word, okay? Actually, today and next week, we're going to focus on the word, and we're going to look through the lens of John 1. So if you want to go ahead and open up your iPads or mom's, dad's, your Bible, um, Open it up to John 1. Your phone app, John 1. I think we need to be the, um, the church that brings it back where everybody has a Bible, you know, with them. I think, it's, I think it's beautiful to see a bunch of people open their Bibles. I have a bunch of them in my office. You guys can have one if you need a Bible. Um, they're pretty cheap these days, actually. So today we're going to do the Word. Um, and I think it's important that you do Word. You really need to do Word because... Everything we do, especially from here, is from the Word. So I'm not, I'm not a guy who, when I preach, I'm like, ooh, there's these 11 thoughts I need. I take a passage, whatever it is, even like this, like topical expository, but I take a passage, and out of that passage, I speak what it's speaking to me, to you, right? So it's very important. Any church that is a church that follows Jesus Christ, it's a good sign. I mean, you're in this one. We, we love the Word, but if you're in a church, and there's really, this is disappointing, but... It's kind of easy to be a church now and not really focus much on the Word. Uh, and that's not even throwing stones. That's just a reality. You can show up to a lot of churches and you're really just talking about how to feel better and be better and look better and just a lot of personal societal stuff. So the Word for us is a big deal. It's a big deal. So we're going to spend two weeks on it. Just some of the basic things we talked about last time. I preached on this last year right about the same season was that there's, there's, there's a really wrong way to, to use the word. It's a really wrong way to use the word. One of the first examples of that in scripture is Satan himself using actual scripture correctly in an incorrect way. So saying correct scripture to Jesus to try and cause something that's not actually biblical. So there's, right off the bat, I believe there's a way to use the word that's actually detrimental. I think there's a way to study it that's actually detrimental. I think if your desire is just to know the word, just to know it enough to, to gain knowledge, I think your approach to the word is already a little askew, okay? It can become a weapon 
The word can in a negative way. It can become something that harms others. It can add, the word can actually add baggage to someone. A little bit like what the Pharisees did when the disciples were having to come behind them and Jesus would come behind them and say, you're adding weight to people that they can't carry. So there's a wrong way to look at the word. And I'll even say this, I'll go this far. Many of you, when you open your word, a lot of you older people or wise people, as we like to refer, um, maybe don't struggle with this anymore. But for the younger generation, for some reason, we... I'm including myself and my wife in that and you guys. When we look at it, sometimes it feels a little bit more like weight and like awful and horrible. And so we don't develop habits of wanting to study because it just reaffirms some of the negative views and the wrong way to use the word. And so today I hope to clarify that and really bring it alive because I think if the word's going to be used correctly, there's what we used the first time we talked. There's a dynamic interplay with the word, okay, between three things, spirit community and word okay so those three things together become so beautiful the word amongst a community being discussed and worked out and the spirit guiding the word right so the word is God the word is alive and the spirit brings it to life in us so those three things together this is not even a certain branch of type of church this is just the bible it is meant to be approached like this I walk to this Bible not to gain just knowledge, but for it to reveal to me Jesus. Okay, this is the most important thing I'll say today. When you approach the Word, its primary role to you is to reveal Jesus. It's not to give you knowledge, and it's not, it is useful, right? Like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's useful for teaching and rebuking. It is useful, but its primary tool is not that. While it is useful, that its, its primary tool is to reveal to you more who Jesus is, so that you more so will want Jesus more. Does that make sense? So that when you walk away from the Word, you actually love Jesus more. That, that's the desire and the design of the Word, okay? One time, I shared this last time, we were at a youth thing in a, a giant church, and this lady like totally butchered the Word in front of everybody, and we were in there with a bunch of kids. They were, you know, eight to ten years old, and, and she took what was the word and she told them you know you need to she wanted people to stand her in worship and some of you remember this and she said stand up because if you sit you're going to be sitting on an angel and you don't want to sit on angels and like eight-year-olds are like what the i'd be like <laughs> like all of a sudden there's ways to use the word to create and 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 do things that aren't actually biblical right there's ways that we and you've received the word that actually harm you and so today it's a dynamic interplay but mostly, it's an invitation for you to know Jesus more. That's got to be every time you pick it up. It's not, it's not just, I need to understand this and know this and memorize it. You're not a terrible person, Olivia, for not memorizing a bunch of Scripture. But maybe there's this way that Scripture is supposed to be understood, that it's the thing calling us and saying, come, come to me. I want to I give you life. And if you view it that way, then you approach it that way, then you can live it that way, then you're actually believable. And so when we start to transform a community, this word actually makes sense. So why am I sharing that to you today? So John uses a passage, and it's the first passage of John. I love it, but he's speaking to, and I have to give you some historical backdrop. Is that okay that I do that first? Historical backdrop is he's now about 100 years post-Christ. Christ has come, and for 30 years it's, after Christ, it's spread all across, across their nation. And now, at this point, the gospel is getting to people who don't understand Hebrew and don't understand Hebrew customs. And so whereas before, John could walk up to a community and be like, 
I want to talk to you about this word because it's talking about the Messiah. And that community would totally understand because for generations they've been talking about there's this Messiah coming, a Redeemer coming that's going to take us into our land. And so they understand when he talks about it to the Hebrews. They're like, yeah, this, okay, I get it. There's a human coming. They thought he was coming differently, but still they knew there's a Messiah coming. And his entrance here to them is this is going to be a person. And so he introduces the word to them because they understood word. And the word for them, and you have to get this about this community, the word for a Hebrew was a big deal. There was roughly 10,000 words in their whole vocabulary because they had such reverence for each word they would speak. Sometimes they wouldn't even mention the name of God because speaking it was such a vast thing. And so they actually believed that words had power and that when a word went forth, it would actually create things. And they take this from the Old Testament. You see it in Genesis 1 when it says a litany of, and God said, let there be light. And God said, create waters. And God said, there'd be light. And actual, they actually believed that a word, when it was spoken, especially from God, actually went from nothing to something. So it could be like, Leslie. Like Jesus could do that in Leslie's. Or Lee. And they understood the word in that way. So fast forward a little bit to the Greeks who he's now trying to take the gospel to. They don't anticipate a Messiah. They aren't craving freedom or redemption. So he's trying to figure out a way to take this Jesus into this group of people and he taps into something that is very dear to them. And it's called the Logos or Logos. It's the word. Because in 560 BC there was a guy, his name was Her, I'm going to have to say his name, Heraclitus. It's just crazy. I'm sorry. It's going to be what it is, but that's his name. And he, at 560 BC, basically said that in the beginning there was a word, and the word was logos, and it had its part in everything. So design was from this, the feelings we have in our heart, the way that the day started and ended, not in Jesus. It tapped into this, so the Greek population had this understanding. This is what I love about John. He had to find something that this whole population would understand because it was important that he gave his Jesus to them that was coming, and he had to find something that would connect. So this is the passage that he gives, but he looks to both the Greek and the Hebrew, and I promise I'm getting into it. He looks to both of them and says, listen, this word that you believe there's power behind, this immense creative can speak things, it actually became flesh and walked among you. And specifically for the Greeks, in their theories and analyzing, it became a light bulb and they wanted to talk about it. That's why you see them in the Areopagus in passages. Paul's in the Areopagus talking to them about this. So today, I'm going to read you this passage. Sorry for so much breakdown, but I'm going to read today's and next week. It's 18, 18 verses and then focus on the first eight. So let's go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
He came to, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified that concerning him, he cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace, already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son. This is crazy. There's only been one to this point that's actually seen God, and it's been his Son, Jesus, who is himself God, and in in his closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Bow with me. Father, this is your word. It's alive. It's meant as a sword, only on ourselves, not on others. Let it be life today for us. Let's picture what John was trying to say in our hearts and then walk out here with it in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Really quickly, the first, the first verse is kind of like this. It kind of, it's, trying to, it's trying to scratch and sniff belief in you. Like, like if you're trying to create, this verse is meant to go up against you and be like, we're going to start in a place that's not even imaginable. And it says three things about the word. And just for you to know, the word here is Jesus. It's using to explain Jesus, it's the word. Which is crazy because it's even before the New Testament, the Word existed, right? And the first thing it says is that in the beginning was the Word, which they had to have a reference point for humans to understand. But what it's saying is the Word existed before anything else existed. This is crazy. Before anything was around was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's saying that this was never created, This is starting at a point to make you start to think in a process of believing something bigger in a minute, but it's already starting with impossibility. The Word was never created. There was never a moment where the Father was like, I need need a Jesus and a Holy Spirit. That just didn't happen. This is outside of our framework, right? This doesn't make sense to us. And so it's trying to like push us into believing more. And the second thing it says is that the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so why would it say this? Why would it Why would it ask us to understand the word was with God and was God? It's trying to tell us that he's about to present this Jesus to people, and he wants these people to know that this person, this human slash divine being, knows God better than anyone, okay? And this is important because this is the first time in history where people are going to see a different version of God. So please stay with me right here. All throughout history, there's been this view of God that he's just, he's just, he's angry, he's fierce, and in the Old Testament, he would absorb whole communities. He would send fire down and destroy people. He would talk through donkeys. He would do these crazy things. And so up to this point, if you talked about the loving version of God, it just wasn't, it wasn't even picturable. It wasn't really picturable in people's minds. Here's... Here's where I really, I think, I want to land with you guys today to where you can, if you're going to take a a mass chunk from today, it's this. When Jesus came, he was with God in the beginning. He was God in the beginning. What it's saying is, 
God was always like Jesus. In the Old Testament, there wasn't this need because God's angry. Let's give him a different version. Here's your mind explosion moment. We were unable to see this version of God without Jesus. So it wasn't that he wasn't all the things that he is from New Testament on. It's that humanity at this point can now finally see. He was exactly that. All the way from whatever the beginning was that wasn't a beginning until this point. He was all of those things. But no human had the capacity to receive and understand that type of love and life. Does that make sense? So he sends Jesus not to say, make sure you read your Old Testament. He sends Jesus to say, I'm giving you a window or a light and a way to now live or life so that you can actually st- just, just picture this. It's like the New Testament and Jesus are this opportunity for us to be like, like fire wind coming through and then we're like, and we're like, oh. Does that make sense? It's always been this way. We've never had this to look through. Does that make sense? So, so word pusher, like love the word all day long, word lovers. Don't love it more than Jesus. And don't use it to push people away from Jesus because without Jesus, you can't even see the word correctly. It's impossible because Jesus becomes our window. And here's what we do. We're like, this is beautiful. And we continue to look at it the Old Testament way, right? Here's the greatest thing about our Savior that's being pointed to here. He's saying, open it up, look through, and then do a freaking tumble roll in and be like, wow, I'm here, Jesus. And once you're there, stay there and begin to look at everything through this lens because this lens is the only accurate way you're ever going to live for Jesus. You cannot live with him, and we'll get to it next week, without the grace and peace of Jesus. Just God, you all know the version of the just God, right? You all know the one that wants you to perform and be better and do better. We all live under the weight of that, and there's times when we believe that's it. You have to put that back over here, and you have to approach it through this lens that's now available to you, and this lens is the Word, and the Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God in the beginning, and now we have access. We didn't have access before. So Old Testament prophets were needed, right? We needed people to come in and tell us things that we couldn't get without them. But now, first time we have a prophet in 400 years. Homeboy is named John the Baptist. Crazy dude, eats bugs, makes his own clothes, a little bit like Johnny Appleseed. We watched it last night. (laughs) But even he, even he understood Old Testament prophets are beautiful, important. First time in 400 years there's another prophet. And people are revering him and putting too much emphasis on him. So the first thing the first human in the book of John says, other than Jesus, is it's about him. The first words of a human is it's about him. It's not, I'm John. I form my own clothes. I have my own line. I do restored clothes. It's first words out of my mouth to you. This whole thing from the beginning up till this point has been about this guy that's coming he is the light. What does the light mean for you? This is why it's so important to understand that this Jesus moment is everything for what we believe. Because now you can see what you couldn't see before. You have access to see Scripture the way that all of history desired to see Scripture. You can, you can open up the Bible and, and look at it from the perspective of a loving Father who has grace for you. You're forgiven. And then it invites you not into a life that's coming, but into a life that's here. 
They didn't even have that in the Old Testament. They had no access to this life. But he says, in him is light, and in him is life, and it's not your life in him. It's not the best version of you in him. It's not you be the best you can be and follow the Lord. It's I'm trying to give you a whole new Eric, and this whole new Eric is Jesus, and it's his life. So it has nothing to do with performance. It's literally like jumping in, and this life is already there. It's already there. So this is what I love about Jesus. The decision to put your faith in him is to accept his life. I'm just telling you, if you truly grasp this, everything changes in your life. If you can look at all of life through this lens or Christocentric lens or this idea that the Bible was all about him, then your whole understanding of this world change, he's inviting everyone through. And, and the craziest thing is he had to send his son to die to do it. And he sends him down and he gets up on the cross and he is executed brutally. And because of that, he reaches back through and says, I'm going to hold my hand got to show you this I have to show you this and when you see it everything will change there'll be no more pressure there'll be no more weight like there was before there's going to be moments of that right but I'm bringing you into this whole new thing you're going to be able to see what you couldn't before you know before service I was praying with Lee and I felt like God was saying wanted me to say to him God sees the version of you that you don't see yet when he speaks to us We have this very like, I'm Josh here, and I hope to be Josh 8.0 by here, and then 10.0. And we all kind of think like that. Like, but when Jesus looks at us and speaks to us, his voice, you know, pierces through all of darkness to come to us. It doesn't speak to a version in time with us because he doesn't see us this way. He sees this version of us. So he's speaking to this version of you that you don't even see yet. He's speaking to a version of you that you don't even believe is available yet. Because he's, he's not confined by time, right? And so when we say Jesus is available to someone, it's not, listen, if all it is is cleanse me from my sin, there's not a lot in that. That's amazing, okay? But what's meant to be given is this transferal of all identity of God to you so that you can become part of this family now and you can start to live this way where you are alive. You are in his life. Does that make sense? So when we look at scripture, we look at the word, we have to, we literally, I would, I would, I would recommend this. That every time you open this, ask for Jesus to like metaphorically reach his hand through and say, come follow me. I'm, I'm about to reveal you more of who I am because if I can do that in this reading, if I can reveal more of who I am, then you'll become more like me and you'll be more alive. But if you read it any other way, if you're trying to find the, thing, the one thing that'll make you feel better today, you know, like even God's promises, this is not a knock against God prom- God's promises, but just taking those, those one things like from scripture, it's, it's not a complete picture. You know, there's a story, this is a human, you need all of it, you know? And then in the process, Jesus comes alive so much so that you become his where you become alive in his life. You know, I love that it says light, too, because I'm fascinated how, like, with light, you turn on a light in any room, it goes from ignition spot, just, just does that. I'm sure there's, like, somebody here smart with this stuff and can be like, it goes actually at this amount per speed. 
But he metaphorically uses himself as light because when you attach Jesus to any darkness or here any chaos, you put Jesus into anything, just like light, you could throw darkness in light. Like if I had a ball of darkness I rolled into a lit room, you would never even know it, right? Because that's not even possible, first of all. But light always trumps darkness. You can't turn on darkness, right? Darkness exists. Light is added. It's lit. Period. Metaphorically, what it's saying here, the dark places, the darkness, the chaos, the irreverency, the bad decisions we've made, all of it, the nastiness of our own lives, when Jesus as light is put in those situations, it spreads the same way. Revealed is things that need to be his. Revelation comes. You can see finally. You can see the word. You can see others. You can see the future version of Lee while he hates you. You can see the version of this church that we can't see yet. Light like that in your life is, is Jesus. And so this word, this is what I love about this word. This being Jesus, this being alive, living, active, when it is applied or taken in, it does that in you. It does that. It shows you where to walk, how to walk, what to do, what to say, what not to say. It becomes the guide. And so, I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? So what I want to say is, now that we have this window, right? Now that we have this window and you have this window, whatever you got to do today to jump to the other side, to start looking at whatever that way, jump through it. If we, need, if we need to create like a little hole you can crawl through, I'll do, I will build it. I'll have somebody build it that knows how what they're doing. It'll be Eric. Can you build the hole for us? <laughs> Whatever's got to be done for you to stop like carrying the nonsense weight that he's not asking you to carry and start to live this life where you're not good enough. Please look at me. You are not good enough. You're not. You never will be. It's like the worst sermon ever. You're awful people. <laughs> Bye. That's the truth. You're not good enough. You're not. You won't ever be. Even the best of us that are the smartest, you're not good enough. The point is that no version of you is needed. The point is that the new version is him, and you have life in him and in him alone. Any life outside of that ends up becoming like death. I know that doesn't make sense. Anything outside of this true light, this true life, becomes death eventually. So you have to jump in, and you have to, whether you like it or not, receive the gifts he gives. You can even tell him, I'm not forgiven. And he's like, whatever, dude. You are forgiven. You can, you can walk around like you're not and, and throw a tantrum. You're forgiven. I didn't deserve to be forgiven. Thank you. Thank you. You understand it now. You can tell him, I don't feel like I have a future. I don't feel like my family will get better. I don't feel like I actually have a place to actually live out this call. You can tell him all that want, and he can say to you, what did I do then? He can say to you, this is the whole reason I've invited you in, because you're now a part of this, and I have something for you, right? You can tell him, I'd rather, I feel all these terrible feelings, I, I, I view myself, all of it. You can tell him you hate yourself. In this new version, which is him, which is light and life, he gives you everything you need. So the decision that you make, and I want to make this together today, the decision that you make is to stick your head through at least. Stick your stinking head through a hole. Don't quote just that part <laughs> from RCC today. Stick your head through a hole. At least today, whether it's through prayer you know, for some of us, God's got to be like, <laughs> and he's like, Jesus, come over here, and Holy Spirit, we're going to have to drag him in. 
And then once in, like, crazy people become people you can be around. And people who have never forgiven someone start forgiving people. And someone who has every right to hate themselves because they did it, they actually did all the terrible things. I didn't just make a mistake. I actually planned the mistakes and executed them well. That's my story. It wasn't like, oops, you know, I did these 11 things. I did them well and wanted to do them. And I need to be able to tell Jesus I did. And then he needs to pull my head through and say, and now this is what you have in me. So today, if, if our prayer teams could just, I'd love it if, if we had four prayer teams to stand in the corners. Um, and Justin and, <laughs> you were taking a walk. <laughs> Justin and Camille are going to do some worship for us. I would say more than anything in this, this, the scripture is your invitation, right? Like he went to such great lengths to get this. Everybody has one to us. Not so that we could carry crazy looking leather Bibles, so that we would have Jesus. Before the written was the actual and the word was Jesus. Use this correctly and you want to love Jesus. And it points to him. Is the word not important? The word is everything, but it's only as important as it shows you Jesus. If it shows you anything else, you're not reading it correctly even the Old Testament. And so today, this is your invitation from him, I believe, saying, I would like to show you correctly how to look at life and this. So maybe that's you. If you want to go ahead and stand, that can be one of your prayer points. The second one is, I really feel like he wants to cleanse some people. He wants to cleanse some of you of misconceptions about the word or even misconceptions about him. Maybe you've never even feel like you've like walked through that. You've always been in this Old Testament view of if I do well, I'll be loved and I can be a good Christian, right? That's not the version of Jesus we serve. The one that we serve says, come inside, receive what I'm giving you and live out of that. Maybe that's like foreign to you. You'll know it's foreign because you feel like death a lot. Like you always feel down. So maybe that's you. And then the last thing is we just want to speak life into dead areas, you know? You just imagine the dreams you used to have or the passions you used to have. Just imagine the light of Jesus coming in and saying, and, and reviving stuff. So I'm going to just let you guys kind of go where you want to go. And I just want to create kind of an open atmosphere. We really value this about River City, that this is not a formal process at the end. This is an interactive interaction with word, community, and spirit. And it's important for you to take your time in this. Because this is where the work will be done in you. Right? So don't just take knowledge home. Let him interact with you. And, and close your eyes for a minute. And as I pray for you, I pray that he would lead you. God, I love how in your word it says that you, um, you lead as a shepherd. Caring tenderly. And I just pray that for the rest of this time that we're together, that people would just receive from you. And even as your eyes are closed... I want you to picture Jesus reaching his hand either through his word or just to you and grabbing your hand and saying, follow me. And then let him lead you into what he wants to lead you into. And let him say it too. Let's just go ahead and stop right here. Keep your eyes closed. Don't put the brakes on there. Let him speak to you in this. Don't wait for a human to come over. He wants to speak to you right now. Let him do that.
Give him space. And as soon as you like, you can join in the corners to pray. We're just going to keep it open in here. If you need to go, if you have kids, be, be uh, mindful that we have workers and they'll love me for saying that. But we just want to keep the room open for a bit for prayer and for connection. So if you're going to stay in here, we just ask that you be mindful of that. Father, I pray that as we go that you would just be with, so with. God, be with us this week. Give us wisdom in our decisions. Thank you for River City Church, God, and letting us be a part. I just pray that you would just mold us together for this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.